my best month in, in remote high ticket sales was literally 99,000 and some change. I just broke six figures in a month, bro. People work hard to make six figures in a year. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Welcome to the Closers Network Podcast, where we show you what's possible when you make a decision to join the remote sales revolution. This podcast is for you if you are currently trying to break into a lucrative remote closing opportunity, or if you want the resources to massively increase your monthly commissions. The e-learning space is an estimated $400 billion, and there are more than 250 million creators online and growing every day. We believe those who get into remote sales now will be massively rewarded in the future. If you're ready to explode your remote sales career and land better opportunities, join us for free at theclosersnetwork.com. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Closers Network podcast, where we give you the tools to make $10,000 to $30,000 a month in the high-ticket sales space, even if you have zero experience. And I am really excited today, guys, because as you can tell, it's a little bit different today. Standing next to me or sitting next to me is Coach Mike. He's usually in this seat hosting this podcast. But we thought today what we would do is dive into Coach Mike's experience, get his feedback on how he died, you know, got into high ticket sales, how much money he's made, what the pitfalls he's gone through to get to where he is now. And on top of that, guys, if you don't know this already, you can actually coach with Mike, if you're looking to land your first gig in high ticket sales, he'll ramp you up quick. He knows what he's doing. The link's in the description for you. All right. With that being said, Mike, welcome to the podcast, man. What's up, Rich man? Happy to be here. That uh, The tables have turned. That's right, man. The tables have turned. The tables have turned. Hey, so one of the questions that we get asked all the time inside the Closers Network, we have over uh, or we have close to 6,000 members now inside the network. And they're always like, hey, we haven't heard Mike's story. So why don't you start with... How did you get in to high ticket closing, man? What, what's the story behind that? Damn. All right. So we, we're going back. We're going back about a decade now. So so really, Rich, man, I mean, how it started, as, as you know the story, but excited to share it with, with the listeners today. <clears throat> Prior to getting into the space um, for a few years, about three to four years, I was running a trucking company. Mm-hmm. And it's a business that basically I started from scratch and I only did it because my dad invested some money. It was about 30K at the time. He invested into this business and basically said, hey, son, I need you to run it. Mm. And it was just kind of caught me out the blue. I was doing real estate at the time, was starting to have some good success. And he just kind of put me in this situation where he's like, you need to make this happen. So I was like, okay, cool. It's an opportunity. You know, let me jump mm-hmm. into it. Let me figure it out. That turned into almost four years of the absolute thing that I hated to do the most. So I absolutely dreaded waking up. I hated what I was doing. It was a 5 a.m. Pacific time gig to 5 p.m. Pacific uh, time uh, gig. Wow. And dude, it was horrible to say the least. Like I I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. The business model to me was so like bad, outdated. And at the same time, I did make money with it. So I scaled and grew the company to about four or five million a year. Whoa. Um, Gross revenues, but nonetheless, right? pretty decent for a business that had only been around for three years. And I know wow. a lot of people in that space that don't hit and reach, you know. How, how old were you? So at the time when I started, I was about 21, 21, 21 years Running old. Running a four or five million or three, four by, million. By the time dollars. we got to that scale, I was, I was closer to about 24, wow. about 24, maybe going on 25. <clears throat> and 
Dude, I, I just hated it. And and w- at one day, I just said, I told my pops, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I hate it. Like, mm. I don't want to wake up and, and go to work. I, I just, I don't enjoy this. We're making money and stuff, but it, it's not what I want to do. Long story short. Mm. So right around that time, I, I was, you know, Ty Lopez became a thing. Oh, yeah. And so I was starting to get Good hit with the, you know, 67 steps and here in my garage and do that one video, believe it or not had a huge impact on my life. Mm. Like that video that Ty put out in the garage really resonated with me. Mm. And it got me to open my eyes and just see things from a different perspective. So I would say that was kind of the first step of just opening my mind. Wow. And as soon as I had that happen, um, I was in this transition phase where I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I started following people like Ty and one of the individuals, mm-hmm. as, as you recognize, that I came across online at the time was a guy named Bedros, Bedros yeah, Koulian. Yeah. Yeah. And he ran a, a fitness franchise with CEO at the time of Fit Body Bootcamp, a, a very massive, successful international franchise. And mm-hmm. I really resonated with this dude's message. Mm-hmm. Like it was talking to me. He was talking to me. And I was like, It wasn't Man. because you guys were both Armenian, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it had a little partial effect, if I'm being honest. Okay. It resonated a little bit more. Okay, okay. Because okay. it kind of built that trust factor. I was like, 100%. oh, this is a legit Armenian businessman that's doing it the right way, right? That's talking the right things. And I haven't quite seen a lot of people like act or talk like this guy at the scale of he's doing business, at the magnitude of business that he's doing right now. 100%. I know a lot of businessmen, but like- not at that level where now they're utilizing the social media platform to build a brand, right? Yeah. 100%. So it was different. It was nothing I had seen before at the time. Yep. And so, I, man, I started following this guy for a month or two. And as I'm transitioning out of this business, right? And there was a like, couple months where I had like nothing going on. I'm trying to figure out what do I do? And I'm about to get married too. Like I'm about to get married in like three, four months. Holy I have no shit. job security. I just shut down the business. You know, like what the heck do I do now? So I got this wild idea. I was like, I'm going to hit up B, Bedros. And I was like, I'm going to hit him up in the Instagram DM. And I'm going to ask him, what do I got to do to come be in proximity of you? I want to work together. Wow. Because his messaging was around that stuff too. So it resonated. So I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to shoot him the DM. I shoot him a DM. Sure enough, gets back to me, dude. At the time... Instagram was kind of newer. The influencers weren't as busy as they are these days. How many followers did he have? Do you remember? <sighs> Less than 100. He has, over, he has over a million now. He has over a million now. So it was about fifty to 70,000 followers maybe at the time. Somewhere around there. About This is, again, almost 10 years ago. So I hit him up in the DM. And to him, it's just like another dude in the DM, right? And so he's like, hey, man, you know what? If you're serious about this and you're serious about like you know working with me and having an opportunity where I can mentor you, teach you, and you can make money with me, He's like, I'm hosting a, a, a conference in San Diego. It's actually coming up in like a week or two. He's like, if you're serious about it, buy a ticket and come down and meet me at the event. That mm. was it. I said, done. And it wow. was Fitness Business Summit, as you know. Oh, yeah. Just because as I share the story, I'll, I'll get into more detail. But oh yeah, Fitness Business Summit, I didn't know anything about fitness. <laughs> I just knew I lost 60 pounds once. That was it. I feel, you know, whatever. I'll go down to this thing. I'll get to meet people, if anything, and get to meet Pedros, right? So, dude, I go down there. I bought the ticket. It was $1,200. I remember wow. vividly. I remember it was $1,200. I never spent money on myself like that before, but I was like, I'm, I'm in. I'm doing it. So, wow. buy the ticket, dude. Go down. Luckily, I had a cousin who lived. He was going to law school in San Diego at the time. 
And he's like, hey, man, why don't you just crash with me? I was like, dude, yeah, heck yeah, I'll crash with you. So I you know, hung out with him, save some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, come in, bro. I go there, bro. And um, I come down to the event. And the first thing I remember is like, I'm not going to be able to talk to this guy. After every session, mm. morning, lunch, or after, the first, it was a three-day conference, by the way. Yeah. I couldn't get a hold of him. He was that busy where people were just walking up to him, asking him questions, taking up his time. And I didn't feel like in that moment, like I was going to be able to have the conversation I was looking to have in just a short 30 second thing. Right. So I was like, I got to wait for the right moment. I felt it out. So it was day three. I was Mm -hmm. like, let me wait, see what's up on day three. Right. So things calmed down a little bit. And then I wrote, it's like, no, he's not having masses of people waiting in line to talk to him anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I found the opportunity. And I walked up to him. I said, how you doing, B, Bedros? I said, I'm Mike. I messaged you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I'm here because uh, you told me to buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so and I did. You told me to be and here. And I'm here. Yeah. He's like, okay. So, you know, he walks me through this whole thing where he's like, all right, if you're wow. serious, man, and you want to do this, he's like, I don't hire anybody unless they sign five-year contracts with me. And I was like, okay, done. Tell me where I got to sign. And he was just like, you know, it was just like, damn, right this guy's there willing the to commit. He tells you this? Yeah, he tells me. He tells me damn, that you bro. need to sign a five-year contract with me. Otherwise, there's no way I can hire you. Oh, I was like, I, I, dude, I was like, it, it felt right. I, just everything felt right at that moment. It just felt like this was my calling. This was the next step of my life, right? The next chapter. Yeah. So I was like, dude, yeah, I'll sign five years. Well, I'll, you know, by the time I'm done, I'll be close to 30 and, you know, we'll figure life out after that. For so sure. I was just like, I'll use the next five years to build. And everything I had kind of learned from Ty about knowledge, right, or this or that. I was like, yeah, what's five years? 100%. I said yes. So he's like, okay, cool. The next step is, hey, I want you to go introduce you to my team, my sales team. And so he <laughs> walks me over to introduce me over to the team. And lo and behold, who do I meet? The rich man himself. <laughs> the rich man himself. So I met you. I don't, was yeah. Trish there at the uh, time? Trish. She, I think she was. She, I'm sure she was. I think was. she was. It yeah, was I'm you, sure Trish, was. Joan, yeah. Ed was there. So that's crazy. I remember meeting you. I remember because you asked big me. Big old you go, beard. Had a big old beard. Big old beard, yeah, bro. Yeah. Your, every, a lot was different. <laughs> Your beard was down here. And uh, I remember one of the questions that you asked me. You're like, Hey man, he's, you're like, how much money do you want to make? Yeah, yeah. I remember your answer. I remember, what was it? I, you said 300,000. 300,000. Without, without a slither of a doubt. I got to make 300,000. I got to make 300,000. Yeah, yeah, right. That yeah. was literally my first thing I told you. Yeah. I remember you were looking at me with your eyes big. <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, 300,000, huh? And I was like, yeah, yeah, 300,000. You're like, okay, okay. Yeah. We can work yeah. with that, you know? Yeah. So, and then you walked me through like what the next steps were. You're like, hey man. You like you want to come down and interview, right? So I go down, have one interview, yep. have a second interview, and then I have a third interview. Oh, you had three interviews. I had three interviews, oh, dude. Man. It was like the first one I think was with just I don't remember. I don't even remember. But I remember I had one with you and someone I else. That. I remember that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was you and yeah. someone else. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, long story short, the third interview was with the B man himself. Turned out there was no five-year contract, <laughs> right? So it turned out like, that, you know, he just wanted to see if I'm serious is what I took away from that. Because he probably oh. has a lot of Joe Schmoes reaching out. I end up, you know, agreeing. And I'm like, I got to move now. I got to move. From L.A. From L.A. And born and raised in Hollywood, just California. Just about to get married. Just about to get married. No job security <laughs> at this point. I shut down the business. Damn. So I'm like, I got to start figuring stuff out. And so... I went down apartment shopping, dude. It was like the week before I got the job and I'm, I'm getting married, you know, a couple of weeks after that, I got the honeymoon, right? Literally maybe check out two apartments at most in the same <laughs> complex. And I'm like, give me this one. 
So I just quickly, I want just that made one, it. made Boom. a decision. I was like, I'll figure it out. I only, it's only for a year. I can always just get another apartment in your The worst case, I ride it out for a year. What's the worst that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. Get the apartment, move in, get married, eventually go on the honeymoon, come back, and I don't even start in sales, dude. He ends up starting me in marketing. Hey, man, I want you to get a little bit more familiar with how we do things around here, the brand, X, Y, and Z. So I don't even start off as a sales guy, and I wasn't even making the money I wanted to make initially. But sure, lo and behold, like within you know, a matter of like two or three months, I make the transition. I come on the sales side of things. Mm-hmm. From the marketing, from the marketing side. From the marketing side, that's right. And the rest was history. I mean, we just started banging out and we were, we were just you know selling franchises left and, right, uh, left and right. We grew a massive team, right? We got a couple other people to join. It was me, you, Trish. We had a few others. And yeah, I mean, as far as getting into the space, that was my first start of going into a high ticket offer that mm-hmm. I landed through DMing mm-hmm. on Instagram, right? And following these steps. That was it. Wow. I don't know how much of the story you want me to share about how we transitioned ended up here. And I'm happy to get into that. But that's how I landed the first opportunity that was a six-figure opportunity for me with Pedros. Wow. So going back in the story, right? I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. But you were running a business, right? As a 24-year-old, you were making some money, but it was horrible along the way. You're like, dude, this was this just, I didn't want to wake up in the morning because I didn't want to do what I was doing. Then you're about to get married. You make a transition, leave the business, come to Pedros. Find the high, you get into the high ticket space. So tell us what I'm curious about is what was that transition like? Like, what wh- was it hard moving into the high ticket space? And did you get traction right away, or did it take did it take time to get traction to start you know slamming deals? Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate to have you around and people around me as far as great mentors, but it, it wasn't easy, dude. It wasn't easy initially. It didn't feel easy, at least. And don't get me wrong, like as a business owner. I was a one-man show, so I had a business partner. Um, but that being said, dude, I was basically doing the sales. I was basically doing the operations. I was basically doing accounting. Sure, I had employees and I had drivers on the field. I had like 10 drivers out and about. But as far as the operational, it was just a one-man show. So, But I was used to doing sales as far as I had to go find business, right? So I had a couple sales reps. They'd go out to auctions. They'd, we'd bid on stuff. You know, we'd, we'd give, um, you know, bids to people who were buying stuff at the auction that were looking to transport. So that's how my main mm-hmm. source of business. Eventually, mm-hmm. I found other sources. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to, to answer your question, it was, a, it was a change to go from, I'm providing you a service to like, hey, I'm actually trying to sell you something now, mm-hmm. right? Like a, mm-hmm. a product um, and a service, but a product, right? Which now was a franchise, a two hundred fifty to $500,000 franchise build out, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's, it's not a little sale. It's a big sale. So mm-hmm. yeah, there was a little bit of a learning curve, but I was fortunate to have great people around me to help me get dialed in. And as you remember, I, I think I remember my first call pretty well. Uh, you were in the room with me there with the Ken man. And I do remember. It was just horrible. It was just like every, you know, most sales reps, it was just bad. I was just bombing it, bro. I, I, I remember this part in, in the, your first call or one of your calls where we used to have this part in the script where it was like, hey, that's our bread and butter. Yeah. Right. And then Mike goes on the call. He's on the call. And he's like, and that is our bread. And that is our butter. And we just died laughing. Just oh my died gosh, laughing. bro. 
It was, it was, yeah, I took it, it though. I took it. But those were the opportunities where I feel like most of the growth happened. I was like, oh, these mother freakers are laughing at me. Watch mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. I'm about to become the top sales rep right now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that was what the mentality was, is I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to get on the top of the leaderboard. Mm. And if you remember, the first franchise I sold, mm -hmm. how many units did I sell? I think I broke a record for most units sold on the, on the first was it, franchise. Was it five franchises? Yeah, five franchises. Five dude. franchises. Five, five franchises. freaking franchises. Yeah. First deal. First deal. First deal. First, now, going back. Yeah, so that was a good amount of commissions coming your way yes. for, a, for a five franchise deal. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I had a base. I had a base as a salesperson at the time. And had a base. But of course, the majority of of the money that we make was coming from commissions. So it was a it was a nice nice paycheck. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Well, that's um, that's pretty intense, Mike. So let me ask you this: you you're in franchise sales, right? Now, how did you get into the remote like sales space? Right? Like what what did that look like? Because that was your introduction to like actually doing sales. You slammed five franchises, you got some sales experience, but then you eventually went remote. And you know, just for everybody listening to this, like on the podcast, like that's our, our space, right? We're in the remote high ticket sales space. So what was that transition like? Well, it was very interesting because that transition, before I transitioned into being here at One Call Closers with you, it really started when COVID hit. Because when COVID hit, we couldn't go to the office anymore. 100%. And I remember you had parted ways already to open up your own Fit Body Boot Camp at the time. And so it was just kind of me. I think Trish was there at the time and a few other folks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as that, it started with working out from home, right? And then having to sell franchises remotely. Now, it became challenging because when COVID hit, I mean, who the heck wanted to open up a gym? Nobody. Anywhere in the USA, let alone California. Nobody. Right? Nobody. Yeah. I mean, lead flow just plummeted overnight, right? I managed to still sell like a few franchises <laughs> and kept things going, which was incredible. I thought yeah. it was going to be the impossible thing to do, yeah. and it ended up being possible. I was very proud of myself for that moment in time mm -hmm. to collect those franchise fees and generate revenue for the company. I was extremely mm -hmm. proud of it, and that was the first step into doing it remotely. Now- as time went on, I realized, bro, like, lead flow's not here. And after a couple months, I got bored. Like, mm. I got nothing to do. Mm. How, many, how much follow-up can you do with the, the, the way the world nobody's was at that in. moment? Just nobody's, nobody's, nobody's coming. coming. Yeah. 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 Even yeah. given, you know, so discounts or incentives. Like, so your money's like, there's, yeah. there's no money to be And made. the base yeah. was nothing. It's not going to pay your bills, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, are you married at this? You're married? I'm married now. And no kids yet, right? No kids yet. No kids yet, yeah. Kid, yeah, the kids came after COVID. It was COVID okay. baby. Yeah, we had Mikey right. yeah, after that. Right. So, yeah. um, but then I remember you, ever since you shut down Fit Body because of COVID again, and I know you talked about it on your podcast. So if you haven't checked those that podcast episode out, I highly recommend going and watching Rich's episode and he breaks the story down. I remember you had started One CC as you share on your podcast, and since you started, I remember you calling me like every other week, Mike. You got to come down. Bye. You got. And I was just like, I didn't feel secure at the time. I was like, hey, I'm going to ride this COVID thing out. I got promoted to sales manager at Fit Body Bootcamp, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, hey, I increased, you know, the commissions that we were getting per franchise, like double. A lot of things were changing. I was like, there's good opportunity here, right? But, and you kept calling me, you kept calling me. And I'm just, I, I felt scared, to be honest. I was like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Security, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Family, married, this, that. But then, bro, after a month and a half or two, I was just like, you're still calling me every couple of weeks. I was just like, you know what? 
What's the worst that could happen, bro? Again, I'm just like, I got nothing else going on here. I'm not making any money right now. I'm not now, making so any we're, money. We're, 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 I'm going straight into 1099, baby. You know what I'm saying? No base. Like, dang, I'm in. Dang. What do I got to do? That's how it okay. went down. That's how this it went is down. how it's happening. And you gave me a wonderful opportunity to buy your house down there. As you know, that's right. You, yeah. bur- you bought a house. So that, that right. helped with things a lot and yep. made the transition a little bit smooth. So, yep. yeah, but that happened. I connected with you, right? Yeah. We talked, we came into agreement about a couple things. And from there, I made a transition. That's right. And I came over. And I think at the time we were selling, the first account uh, that I sold on was uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graciosi, yeah, the Dean right. and Tony yeah, account, that's right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And dude, that is when I really transitioned into full time remote where I can sell a lot of different products and services yeah. from anywhere I want in the world. And that was it, dude. One wow. thing led to another, and the rest is history. I'm here now. Wow, that's crazy. Hey, for for those of you that don't know, Mike was, I mean, what, closer number, I don't know what it was, like closer number four out of out of all one-call closers. Like, I think you were the fourth closers we we, yeah. we brought on board, and you're still with us, and we're just slamming deals. So so let me ask you this. What's, because, dude, you, as you, you have a superpower of, like, just – you're very persuasive because you got a lot of energy. You have a lot of passion behind your words and I find you very persuasive. So for the audience listening, like what is the most that you have ever done in sales in commission in one month in uh high ticket closing, Damn. just for the audience. <laughs> you want me to do that? Yeah, yeah, drop it up. One month? One month. Yeah. Um, I want to say at the time, so no, actually my, my, my best month in, in remote high ticket sales was literally... 99,000 and some change. So just shy of 100K. It kind of upset me. 99,000? It, it, it upset me because That's you wanted crazy. to have 100K on, on file, right? Wow. You wanted to be. So I was, was, I was 99, 99 and some change. 99. It didn't hit 100. It, was it didn't hit 100. Yeah. Wow. It didn't hit 100. It was 99 and some change. I don't remember what the change was, but wow. it was, let's just say, a few hundred dollars short of a 100K. How did that feel? I mean, there's no feeling in the world that can describe what it felt like to make six figures in a month because it broke every belief that I ever had. I realized everything's possible after that moment in time. The level of confidence and belief that I got made me just realize like, dude, anything is possible now. I just broke six figures in a month, bro. People work hard to make six figures in a year. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. You know, I think the most I made in a day was like 13 grand. And so I'm like- And high ticket sales. And high ticket sales. You made 13000 in a day. And even that was like, dude, some people work part-time and make twenty grand a year or less, you know? And I did that in a day. So wow. it really opened up my mind to what's possible, man. If you if you show up, you work hard, you continue coaching, developing your skill sets, wow. everything is possible. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. Like to, when you look back, you're like, damn, you broke that almost 100K, right? It was amazing, bro. There's no feeling for me that can describe it. Security, mm. happiness. Don't get me wrong. I worked hard those two, three months back to back. <laughs> and, and I had, you know, similar months prior to that, right? And stuff. Yeah. But that one month, it was a December month. There was some promo stuff going on. Dude, it, it was the greatest feeling. I don't know how else to explain it other than I just felt so good. Mm. I just felt so secure. I just felt so confident. It just felt like everything is how it should be. Like and that person. everything I've been working hard for my entire life was for this moment, I felt like, mm. you know, and I'm here. It felt like I'm here. But hey, that doesn't mean get complacent. What do you got to do to double this, triple mm. this, quadruple this, right? 
how do you get to the next level, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where my mind is always at. But it was, it was, I was just filled with gratitude, man. Mm-hmm. Just unbelievably felt blessed mm-hmm. for the opportunities that I had. And so that, that was it. Hey guys, one question that Mike and I get asked all the time is how do I go from where I'm at now to making $10,000 to $30,000 a month in remote closing? And Mike and I are big believers in coaching in general. We spent thousands upon thousands of dollars to get to where we're at now. So what we've done is we've just released one-on-one coaching. For those of you watching this that wanna break into the space and start making big commission checks now. One-on-one help, one-on-one guidance to show you exactly what to do, what not to do, when to do it, to get you the results that you want. If you're watching this and you wanna apply for coaching with us, now every month we're gonna accept five coaching students into the program that wanna get to that $10,000 to $30,000 a month mark. If that's you, all you gotta do is go to bit dot ly forward slash closers network coaching or you can click the link in the description below back to the podcast now reverse engineer like how'd you do it like for the for the audience listening i mean somebody that wants to get in or maybe they're they're closing right now like how did how did you have that month like what what led to success in for you like what's the keys like somebody says mike what are the keys man like I want to do that, right? I'm on an offer. I want to get an offer. Like, how do I do that? Like, yeah. what would you say? Number one, you have to surround yourself with the right people, right? You have to be in, in a good environment, a good workspace, whether you're virtual, remote or not, right? Most of what we're doing is remote. So mm. it's when I say surround yourself with good people, it's not necessarily meaning in person. It means like, who are you showing up with? Which meetings are you showing up on? Which coaching calls are you having? Who is the people you're surrounded with even virtually, right? So I think having that environment where success is inevitable, right? Like it's it's just it, you, you're in the right space. You're in the right mindset. You're surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Mm-hmm. And so aside from that, it took a lot of freaking work. It took a lot of days where I had a lot of calls, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, Right. Even in that month, like you, you don't close everybody. And so sometimes you could even get in your own head, right, about that. And even even though you're already at X amount, right? Mm-hmm. And so some of the things that I did was just be consistent, be disciplined, mm. right? Not take the foot off the pedal because I did this yesterday and mm-hmm. I'm good. Like I have the next month or two. In fact, the next year's covered for me, bro. Like I don't have to do anything now. Mm-hmm. No. F that shit, dude. Like, you know, no, keep it going. Keep it going. The opportunity is now. The opportunity doesn't always last, as you know. That's right. Right? As I'm telling you the story, every opportunity is ended and I moved on. Some within our control and some without, right? The trucking was within my control. COVID was without. I don't know what's in store for us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But so for that reason, I was like, I got to keep it pumping. We got to keep it going. Don't stop. Don't stop. You want to ride this momentum. You don't know if you're going to have this opportunity. At least that's how I like to operate. Now, I operate with an abundance mindset, but I'm also wise enough to know I've been in enough seasons in life and have enough challenges to know that there's these highs and lows. Mm. So I always want to be best prepared for them. So anytime you have an opportunity now, you want to maximize, right? Squeeze every little piece of juice out of that lemon because mm-hmm. you never know like how long you're going to have that lemon, right? Mm. So, mm-hmm. so that was my thought process. That's some of the things that I did is just 
really be consistent, be disciplined, really reach out and ask for help if I needed it, ask for support. If I got into a space where I was in a rut, hey, what's going on, Rach? Reach out to you, you know, hey, check out this call, check out that call, get feedback, boom, implementing mm -hmm. it to the next call, right? There's a combination of things. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not one thing, it's not two things, it's a lot of things. It's environment, it's mm -hmm. strategy, it's tactic. There's a lot, right? But it all comes down to the people that were around me that were doing things a lot better than me that I can learn from, right? And be able to implement after every call. And so to have a coach, mm -hmm. right? And to have someone by me that was able to give me feedback all the time, and I was proactive with mm -hmm. it, right? But to have that feedback all the time was like giving you the opportunity to make change, improve, and get better. Mm -hmm. So it was for sure a combination of things. It wasn't necessarily like one or two things. Mm -hmm. It was a mindset. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. I had made up my mind that I'm going to get this done. I'm going to be consistent with it. And, you know, uh, that month we had some holiday promo stuff, and one of the accounts that we had were increasing the price. So that mm -hmm. was a nice opportunity to write out. There's days I work till midnight from 8 a.m. in the morning till freaking midnight. That day I made 13 grand, that was an 8 a.m. to pretty much midnight type of a gig, nonstop mm -hmm. calls, right? Mm -hmm. It was exhausting. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it was so worth it. It was so freaking worth it. When mm. I look back, I'm like, these are some of the best moments I've ever had. I don't even think about how mm. much work I put in or how, you know, how busy I was. Like I was in flow, baby. Like it, <laughs> it didn't matter, you know? And that's what you need to find is someone that can give you the opportunity to be in a state of flow. State of flow.